Hey everybody, Tom, you ready? Michael, young Michael. Okay, everybody, welcome to this uh, joint production, uh, Bolt from the Blue, and also Ray on uh, City Fan TV. We've got uh, the two that you'd expect in the house. Let's start off with the main man himself. There's Ray. Ray, how are you doing? How's it going? Hey, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I had a week off work, managed to go to the game last night, and uh, well, it's a very interesting game, I'm sure. We can have a, a few uh, laughs about it. And wearing a very, very handsome Bolt from the Blue t-shirt, we have got Mr. Deneen. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I, I, must, I must admit, I, I, that's the furthest I've ever travelled for a City home game, all the way from Rhodes to get there with about an hour to spare. So uh, that was quite... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big goer on European trips, but as far as a home game is concerned, that, that's the furthest I've ever been to watch City, I think, uh, in, all, in my... What sixty years of going? Yeah, you were you were in Greece. Uh, were you t taking a bit of a vacation there? Yeah, in, just in Rolls for ten days. Too many rags, oh mate. I bumped into about four over there. That was a problem. Just uh, so not obviously a, a, not the usual classy place that I stay at. Obviously, with these United and Liverpool fans knocking about, I'm used to better than that. I was going to say, they've won a few games on the bounce and the red shirts come out, don't they? Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, brand the brand new team viewer shirts, you know, the old, you know, just bought last week from the shop. You know, it's all it's all okay now, isn't it? <laughs> Ray, what, what brought you to um, Manchester? How did you make your way there then? Oh, I've had a, a, a week off. Uh, I've been working in Northern Ireland like uh, like anything. I was hoping to meet you there, but you, you're still in South Korea, so... I did a couple of weeks there, came back on Saturday morning. I think I went to bed about four o'clock. And then I was on Saturday, I was in Harrogate in the, later on in the morning working there for an autism charity. And then Sunday, I was up in Edinburgh and uh, I need to spend some time with my kids. I haven't seen them for three weeks. You know, they're wondering who I am. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no rude jokes there, guys. Uh, from the ball from the blue fans. I thought, I thought I'd always wondered that, mate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I had the, the week off, so I managed to, to get to the game yesterday and then uh, back on the grind uh, this weekend, um, back working Saturday, Sunday, so I won't be able to, to, to uh, uh, go to Wolves for the next game. But you know, at least I, I saw um, Haaland in the flesh. You did indeed. And uh, let's uh, start off in the normal way, guys, where we ask Bernard about how his uh, lineup prediction went. Well, I'm I'm gonna claim I'm gonna claim victory, mate, with this one. I, I only got I only got seven right, but the, I didn't know Stones is back, and obviously Stones will always get in my team every every day. And also, I had um, Bernardo and Foden starting. Let's face it, City didn't start until they were playing. So really, I, I think I got ten out of eleven because I don't think Pep played the correct team. He was uh, a bit. He tried to get away with it. We've talked about before about starting games and starting seasons with an arm tied behind his back with Pep, and he did exactly the same last night against Dortmund. He, he just he claims that I've just read in the evening news now. He he said he played his strongest team considering the circumstances. What a load of garbage. He, he tried to get away with one last night. Uh, unfortunately, he did get away with it. He did get away with it because tactically he switched it around, but he shouldn't He shouldn't have been in that position to do that. But, uh, yeah, I was a bit surprised. I was quite happy with my lineup. Pep should listen to me a bit more than he does. Bernard, I'm a, <laughs> I can count. So you got seven, and I'll grant that Foden and um, Bernardo should have 
played. That's nine. How'd you get your ten? Just because Stones Stones, Stones. I didn't. I, I, Stones plays out all the time for me. As I said, he, I didn't include him because I thought he was injured. So that would have been ten. Well, I would have played you yourself eleven out of eleven. I mean, since you're adding on points for free. <laughs> Hey, I'm, hey, listen, I'm just being honest. I'm just Pep doesn't want to listen to me. He doesn't want to tune in, <laughs> and it's up to him, isn't it? It's up to he wants to make these mistakes. Let him get on with it. It was a quite a weird um, looking uh, back four. It was especially with Akanji and um, Ake there in the middle. What do you think, Ray? Um, yeah, I was, you know, chatting to the fellow next to me about who was going to play in the middle. You know, we were discussing where Cancelo would play. I thought. Pep might give him a go on, on the right. You could have put Aki on the left um, and had Stones and Akanji in, in the middle. You could have, you know, obviously you didn't pick Gomez. You could have had him out wide. Uh, so there were a few options. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see Stones out on the right because uh, I would have put him as our best centre-back. But, you know, if you try and weigh it up, um, it's probably better for Akanji to play in the centre and, and Aki to play in the centre and even though Stones at times didn't look comfortable out on the right, overall, I think he did a reasonable job. What do you think of the Dortmund lineup uh, there, uh, Bernard? I mean, they had like two monsters at the centre of their defence. There was Nicholas Sula, who is a is a quite a brute, uh, and uh, Mats Hummels beside him. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a unit that guy, isn't he? I mean, I must admit, I was quite impressed with the stature of a Kanji as well. I didn't realise a Kanji. He, he's quite a big unit as well. I was a bit. I didn't realise he was until I saw him in the flesh, as Ray said before, with the, some other guy. But uh, yeah, it was pretty much what we expected. I think once we were always a bit scared. I was always a bit scared. Of, is it Roos or Royce? I don't know how you pronounce his name and. Obviously, Bellingham's always gonna, you know, that teenage lad. I don't. Know. I think is he still a teenager? I'm not. I'm not how old he is now, but 19. he's he's always a threat. And yeah, yeah I think it, you know, seventeen. I think the I think the Dortmund manager's just trying to trying a few little things at the moment because he's not, you know, he's had to change it around a little bit from last season. Obviously, losing two great players to us, uh, and I think he's, you know, I think that was pretty more or less what I expected, but. I, the style of play was as well because I, I, they've been struggling a little bit uh, over there, and it's, it did show certainly for that first half until they had to go in the second half. You know, I'm just wondering, guys, if if we get Bellingham next summer, will Dortmund be our feeder club? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit jinky, but uh, he certainly, since it seems almost certain that Bernardo Silva is going to go, I mean, it really is. Um, he'd be ideal replacement, but Liverpool have got their eyes on him too, don't they? Yeah, look, it's, it, Bellingham's going to cost a lot of money. Um, you know, I think if he's not got a release clause in his contract, um, he could be our most expensive signing if we get him. So whoever gets him, and I think it will probably be next summer, Liverpool or City, could be somebody else. Um, I think they're going to have to play, pay at least, it could easily be paying over £100 million to get him. People will ask, is he worth it? I think on last night's performance against City, he, he did pretty well. So, you know, some some good uh, people out there, well clued up that, uh, that I, I chat with, um, reckon he's the real deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he could be at City next 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 summer, and um, if if that's to replace Bernardo, so be it. I mean, like uh, I'm sure um, Bernard wants him to stay. I want him to stay. I, Bernardo Silva, he should not be going anywhere. Uh, City is the best place for him. Um, you know, I don't think he'll hit the same heights if he goes to someone like Barcelona. So, 
Uh, I've got my fingers crossed that he will stick it out. He's, you know, he's been rumoured to be leaving for the last two summers, so I'm just hoping he he stays, uh, you know, another couple of years at least. Well, let's move on, Bernard. I mean, I wish we hadn't, we didn't have to do this, but we've got to talk about that first half. It was very, very laboured. The death being Grealish and Mares getting absolutely nowhere, and this is as I think Ray pointed out at, at the top of the show there. This is why you you flank Rodri with um, with a, a different players. I think uh, in the European game of this kind of magnitude, what did you reckon? Yeah, I mean the thing is, I think the the, the Dortmund manager said they weren't they didn't plan on going very gung ho last night, and they didn't they didn't. But obviously the trouble is that we didn't we didn't force them into you know our, our build up the way we played that first half. It was just I mean you know on paper I thought oh great Mares and Grealish are going to throw the crosses in Ireland will be there the other guys will be picking up off it, and it just never happened because it was just so laboured everything was so laboured there was no pace anywhere. Uh, Dortmund was sitting back. I, I don't even remember. Did Edison have to do anything that first half? I, I, I don't particularly remember anything. I'm, I've not watched it back or anything. But yeah, I mean, they did what they had to do, given given how Pep set the team up. And there's criticism, of course, there is a Grealish and Mahrez, and Grealish is getting a lot of stick today. He got three out of ten in the MEN ratings, which I wasn't happy about. Uh, I'm not saying he was a great, he was a great player last night, but I don't think there's any need for that when you're giving all the other players sixes and fives, sixes and sevens. I think, I think that's unnecessary. But yeah, I mean, it's just just the way Pep set it up, and it never it never worked. Uh, Dortmund were quite happy because uh, they, they say they were quite happy to sit sit back occasionally trying to sneak out, but they didn't. They were just happy to go in at half-time, nil-nil. They were well well chuffed with that. Yeah, those uh, some of those uh, Dortmund defenders, Ray, will be very glad of those shin pads for the amount of time that Gra- Jack Grealish uh, whacked the ball against them. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was frustrating. Uh, there were at least three occasions that I remember where Jack Grealish, you knew what he wanted to do. You knew he wanted to cut onto his right foot and have a shot. And he kept doing it. Unfortunately, he kept doing it when there was no chance of, you know, he, he hadn't made that even half a yard. Mm. So he was having a pop when there's two defenders there to block it. And it was it was a pointless, uh, it was a total waste of time. And it felt like uh, Grealish was trying to do hard because he knows he's under the, uh, the spotlight, under the microscope. He's got to deliver because that left-hand side is Foden's. Uh, he's get, he, Grealish was given a chance and he had to really shine. Uh, and yeah, it was it was pretty poor. He might not have deserved much more than a three or a four. I think three was a little bit harsh. Um, and on the other side, Maris Maris in the first 20, 25 minutes got a lot of the ball. He was generally free, but he was pants. He was horrible. Um, you know, considering Grealish at, up to that point didn't have too much of the ball. Maris was getting it a lot. He was, as I said, always free. His passes were woeful his crosses were horrible his dribbles were ineffective you know honestly it it really did feel like we were playing with nine men because they, they we were carrying them they were passengers um and i was chatting with some some uh, guys uh, yesterday and, and it, we said you know what do the young kids have to do to get in you know uh, if you're watching maris and Grealish putting in those kind of performances some of those kids they must be chomping at the bit to have a go. I mean, we had, you know, at half time, I was pleading for Pep to uh, bring on uh, a couple of subs uh, to replace you know who, but you knew Pep wasn't going to do it. But that first half, it was dour. The guy next to me, you know, he's probably a little bit older than Bernard. He was. Okay, 
<laughs> he, he was on his he was on his phone. You know, he was that bored. And I've I've never seen him. Play he was on, he was on he was on his abacus, wasn't he? He was on his abacus. He wasn't on his phone. Honestly, it was that boring. I hardly got out of my seat the whole half. The only time I got out of my seat was because the guy in front of me stood up to look at uh, <laughs> some noise because we were in the side stand and the top tier, so we can see the Dortmund fans. So he got up to have a look what was going on, some some noise from their end, uh, and that's the only time I remember. You know, maybe a couple of times getting up. Uh, to try and see what was going on. There's something else we we missed, and I, I you know, I'm 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 going to mention it because, I, I, you know, I'm not too much on social media now, especially Twitter. I noticed something at the start of the game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how they messed this up. Obviously, they were going to do, have the minute silence, which we saw what happened at Liverpool, where you know there were a few few idiots who, whether you like the monarchy or not, uh, you should at least show a little bit of respect. That's I think that's a, that's all you need to do. And, you know, a few Liverpool fans couldn't manage that. And at City, I did notice that the referee blew his whistle and then the commentator started, uh, the PA started announcing that we're going to do this minutes of silence at the referee's whistle. But he'd already blown it. It was, you know, so he talked for about 20 seconds of the 40 seconds. So I don't know whose fault it was, whether it was City's, whether it was UEFA's, whether the referees. I mean, actually, the referee should have cottoned on to what was going on. Because we were, it was pretty quiet. There's only a couple of babies uh, crying. He could, have just, he could have just simply blown it again, couldn't he? If he, if he'd well, he could have blown it yeah. again, or just led from yeah. when the guy stopped talking. I mean, you got to look at it. He might have looked at it and said, "I'm not going to blow it again because that's another." Will they stay quiet? But after 40 seconds of pretty much uh, well-observed silence, he could have done another 20 seconds to round it up. But I just thought I'd throw that in, and I will mention the 70th minute later on because. Uh, we were supposed to um, uh, clap for the Queen, show our appreciation on the 70th minute. Uh, we'll come to that when we talk about the second half. I think that's an indication of just um, how dull that first half was that Ray's uh, taking the two minutes talking about something like that. You know, he's got a point. That was one of the most interesting things that happened. But everyone was, was clamouring for changes and uh, we didn't immediately get them, did we? Um, and uh, Dortmund came out flying, I thought, at the beginning of the, the second half. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I think they were happy. They thought, all right, same City team. We're not going to be worried about this based on the first half. Uh, say, I'm Ray was nail on the head there. Pep should have changed it at half-time, but that isn't what Pep does. But any, I think any any manager worth his salt, and Pep is worth his salt, would have just made changes at half-time, got them got out, not given 10 minutes. I mean, just done it straight away. And all that all Dortmund did was actually... And I used to see a lot in the old days when we used to watch the old European games. I remember English teams always used to seem to have the better of this. You guys are far too young, but any of the guys listening of a similar age, we always seem to dominate the first stars. And all of a sudden, these European teams used to come round and sort of tear the English teams apart in the second half. It just used to be the standard thing. And it reminded me of that a bit of Dortmund because uh, Royce Roos, what was that? He should have scored. I thought it was going in the net from my angle. It looked as though it was going to go in the far corner. He put a kanji on his ass, didn't he? I think he took a kanji out and then chipped it over. Edison was nowhere and it just went wide of the post. And I think that was like 52 minutes or something something like that before they, before they actually got the goal. So, you know, they could have already been 1-0 up. Uh, they did come out flying. And I think that's purely because the error we made of just going out with the same sort of formation. And we didn't, I don't think Pep changed much. And I, I think Dortmund took full advantage. Yeah, Royce is is a is a threat. I've been having that that little gif or gif coming up on my uh, Twitter timeline quite a lot. Of um, you do you remember that stare down between him and Lewandowski when um, 
Royce was playing for Dortmund, Lewandowski was stared each other down and started smiling at each other actually just before the ball was kicked off. Quite gladiatorial. Well, you, see, you mentioned uh, Lewandowski. He used to be at Dortmund, didn't he? He did indeed. He did I mean, indeed. Is, is Dortmund are like the Southampton of um, <laughs> no, no, well, look, you know, can you imagine what their side would be like with Lewandowski, Haaland? They're a stepping stone. They're just a stepping stone for Bayern Munich and other teams. That's all they've ever have been and they always seem to find great talent and bring them yeah. through. Uh, and that's what they do. But, uh, you know, all right, all credit to the fans. I'm not going to credit their fans last night. I can't stand the buggers, but uh, I can't stand the drums and the way they do the, the crap. But we allow them to get away with it. I don't understand what cities, City are up to with that sort of thing. But, yeah, uh, they just are. As, you, as Ray said, they're just like a stepping stone for other teams. And it's a shame because, as they say, they did make an effort and someone didn't bow down to Bayern Munich most of the time, they, they, could, they could they could dominate. I think they could dominate the Bundesliga, at least give them a good competition year in, year out, and as they do now, but with weakened teams because they lose all the players. They needed they didn't need somebody, you know, to, to go in there and say, we're not selling anybody for five years. You know, yeah. Can you imagine if they, st uh, they still had Sancho, Haaland and Lewandowski up front? Wow. You know, Gundogan in midfield, Kanji would still be there. One or two others, Hummels wouldn't have spent his best years at Bayern. You know, one or two of the good players. I think they'd be ahead of Bayern Munich in Germany. And if you can get ahead and stay ahead, you can um, turn the table. So it's just a shame for them that they just can't hold on to the players. It's the same, you know, we, we said with Southampton. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> uh, you could uh, joke and say it's the same with Chelsea. You know, if, if they could have held on to um, De Bruyne and Salah, look where Chelsea would be. But, um, you know, you, you don't know um, how good players are going to be going forwards. But uh, it's disappointing that, you know, Dortmund allowed themselves to be pillaged by uh, Bayern Munich and, and now Manchester City. Well, uh, Bernard, we did have that shot across the bows from uh, Marco Royce. He was involved in the goal of um, young Jude Bellingham. I mean, the thing, the thing is with that one, I mean, obviously I did look at the sort of, I did freeze frame the, the action replay of it. All all 11 City players were in our own box. Now, you know, obviously on corners, you probably tend to do that. And obviously, but it was, again, um, I think it was a Kanji, wasn't it? Kanji and Haaland were closest to Bellingham, but I, all credit to Bellingham. I mean, it, I didn't expect it. Edison didn't expect it. I don't think any anyone, a bit like Harlan's sticky out foot, we didn't expect Bellingham to get his head, you know, to come across and deflect it with his head and uh, all credit to him. But yeah, perhaps we should have closed in, you know, been watching. Uh, we'll probably ball watching again, which we tend to do in defence anyway. And Akanji did make a couple of errors last night. It didn't, wasn't perfect. He had a good game, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't brilliant. But I think Harlan and Akanji were just left, left, uh, flat-footed, weren't he? And Be superb, superb by Bellingham. His, his instinct there to get in, get in on that cross, uh, fantastic. And Ed can't blame Edison. I don't think Edison had a cat and else chance of getting to it. Nice little header from uh, Jude Bellingham. Is he all that Ray? Is he a bit overhyped, or, or is he as good as people make out? Uh, I don't watch him enough so to say how good he's going to be. As I said, some shrewd judges have said, you know, he's he's going all the way. Um, He's now their, I think, arguably their star player. And I think he had a good game in midfield, um, you know, for a, especially for a kid who's only 19 years old. You know, he's got potentially 15 top years ahead of him, up to 15 years. Um, and, you know, he, he's just got to keep on developing, you know, the way you'd expect him to develop, maybe under 
a top manager like Pep. Um, he could develop a, a little bit quicker. Um, but I just think that he would be another wonderful addition at City if we were to, you know, snazzle him um, or snaggle him ne next summer. I've got to say, yeah. about, say about the goal, Mike, and, and, and yeah. Ben, I was disappointed with Stones in the lead up to that. Uh, he had, um, it was, the ball was at the far part, um, part of our area uh, near the goal line and he was, uh, going over to get it and he was being chased by somebody and he just took it easily he was very casual I thought he didn't bust a go um, he knew he was going to get there first but then he had to clear it and it was a half-hearted clearance straight to one of their players uh, and I think that's that was uh, what led up to them getting a, a corner not uh, too long later and, I, and at the time it's about 56 minutes or something he was on his haunches you know he was it was like he was knackered and I thought what's you know as he finished because um, he did look absolutely cream crackered, you know, his hands on his hips, uh, bent over. Um, and I, I thought, I actually thought, um, he, you know, and, and I saw Pep at the time, or they were gesticulating to one of the subs to, to, to come in and get the, um, you know, get ready to come on. And I thought it was to replace Stones. Um, but obviously, it, we were for we were Pep had attacking intentions in mind. And he was going to make subs regardless. You know, I, I was quite pleased actually. He made those subs that, all right, it was just after the goal, but it was quite early for Pep, you know, um, in that 57th minute or something. To make subs that early was a, a little bit of a surprise. But um, Grealish and Maris were uh, probably worse in the second half than they were in the first. So uh, it was inevitable that even Pep, who's loath to make these early changes, he, he, he was bound to make them and, you know, he, we did them before the hour was up. Well, I mean, uh, some people would would counter that by saying that John Stones was just conserving his energy for, for the one big contribution. But yeah, triple substitution made all the difference, didn't it really, Bernard? Well, yeah, you brought three players on with pace who could actually go at the go, attempt, you know, go at go at Dortmund, not not funny about with it, just go in the direct line at them, especially people like Foden who don't mess about, you know, he don't he doesn't fart about with it, he gets on with it. You have Bernardo doing his normal, you know, running all over that that their half, collecting the ball, pouring it out, spraying it about. It's just the pace we needed that we didn't have in the first half. And they say it was the 58th minute. It was literally, as Ray said, he's probably going to change after 60 minutes anyway, if it still remained nil-nil. So he probably would have done a similar sort of thing anyway. But he just forced his hand. And then after the goal, let's get him on. Let's get, get him on. Let's get 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 the game mixed up. Uh, yeah, a, a big influence. And like he did in the Villa game, if you like, he made three sub key substitutions. All right, Alvarez perhaps wasn't as key as, as the other two guys, but he did he did enough and all, especially to a Dortmund team who probably at that stage are thinking, oh, we're 1-0 up, we want to hang on to this, and that's the worst thing you can do. You can't do that against City. That, that's that's a fatal error anyway for any team to try and do that. So, yeah, it certainly livened it up and livened the fans up as well. At least it looked as though we, we, we had it. You know, I, I believe we could do it. I, I was 1-0 down. I wasn't too despondent. We've been 1-0 down against Dortmund before, haven't we, in, in recent seasons as well. And we've always, we've always come back. And I, I did have faith in that. And as soon as, as soon as I saw them three guys come on, I thought, yeah, we're going to get at least a draw out of this, if, if, if not better. Well, we are the comeback kings. We are the comeback kings. And... Uh... Moving on, Ray, is there anything particular you want to mention up until the point where John Stones decided to do his best Vincent Company uh, impression? 
Well, there was, even though Foden and Bernardo and Alvarez did make a difference, you know, as Bernard has said, they added that injection of energy and pace uh, where, where we'd seen um, Mares and Grealish, when they get the ball, they slow the game down. Whereas Foden gets the ball, he wants to attack the defence. He's looking, you know, uh, inside and outside and for the pass as well. Um, it just it just looked a totally different game. But we were still, I think, overall, struggling to create. Uh, there's one, uh, I think, uh, for Haaland that was over the top. He was on the stretch. I think he hit the outside of the post. It was very hard for him to, to get that one, get his uh, to hook that one round. Uh, I've got to mention the 70th minute when we're, we were, you know, we were supposed to be clapping for the Queen. And, uh, uh, you know, the City fans were, to some of them, the couple of guys in front of me, they were shouting at the Dortmund fans at that time, swearing at them. Because the Dortmund fans had made a lot of noise. And City fans actually really, I think, only got to life once Dortmund scored. And then they really give it large, you know. Um, and, and oh, we'll do the old RAF songs and stuff, and, and all, the, <laughs> all the old, all the old classics come out. You know, all the, all the World War songs came yeah. out when we had a goal down. I was well expecting to hear two World Cups, uh, uh, sorry, two two World Wars and one World Cup. Do that, do that. But um, but uh, you know, there's there's some stuff going on because I think there's missiles uh, or bottles being thrown from City fans to the Dortmund ones. Yeah, plastic, plastic cups, bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nothing, nothing that could cause too much injury. But I think the first one was thrown from the German fans, and then obviously you're going to get City fans retaliating. Then City fans are obviously easily goaded because we're one nil down, um, and the Dortmund fans obviously they were all, already making a lot of noise. Uh, so I did start the clap, clap off. I got the guy next to me and the guy in front clapping, and that that were it. And I didn't hear anybody else in the ground. Well, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know about it. I didn't even know about it, Ray. I might have missed it. I didn't. I wasn't aware of it anyway. Yeah. So. That, that was uh, a by the by. Uh, sort of mentioned that, uh, and then we we meandered along up till the 80th minute. Mean, I didn't think it was over, but you know we looked more like scoring than we did uh, before the substitutions substitutions had been made. But for 20 minutes, we you know we didn't, and the longer you know at, at that, I thought up to the 80th minute, we were getting what we deserved from that game, which was nothing. Um, you know we didn't. I don't even think we even deserved a draw. Uh, the way we played, and then John Stones out of nowhere. I mean, um, when he let fly, I'm, I'm not that many glasses with me. I don't think it would have mattered because it's at the other end of the pitch. And I'm trying to work out who, who let that one go because I couldn't believe it was Stones. I'm, you know, it, it's not something you'd expect. Same as Vincent Company a few years back against Leicester, it's yeah. not something you'd expect. And the you know, I, I, whether he Caught the goalie off guard. The goalie made a mistake, or it was just a thunderous shot that had too much power and pace. Uh, whatever it was, you know, it was a it was a welcome uh, equaliser. Uh, Stones, he was, you know, obviously thrilled to bits that he'd scored, and uh, yeah, we were jumping up and down in the stands as well. Yeah, I think uh, the the goalkeeper got a bit of uh, unnecessary grief for that one, uh, Bernard. There was quite a bit of pace and dip on that. I thought, anyway, from my point of view. Yeah, I mean, I'll thought? just I'll just chip in there. Obviously, I'm part of the goalkeepers' union, as you know. But yeah, I, th I thought he was uh, pretty poor. Uh, I thought he could have say, got 
done better with both goals in theory because I thought it took a deflection from up, up the south stand like Ray. I couldn't see what had happened. I just saw. I thought it seemed to go through him to me, and then obviously yeah. watching it back, it just seemed it's just always shrunk a bit. And then it's all, but I always remember the Ryan Giggs goal against Seaman, where he, yeah. you know, that wonderful semi-final goal where all Seaman did was dive underneath it. All he had to do was stand up; it would have hit him on the nose. You know, there's just no effort whatsoever by the goalie to actually get any height to try and save it. But yeah, I, th- I think I don't think he was expecting it, and uh, I thought it took a deflection. It didn't. It just went straight in. And, uh, there's a lot of images on social media, isn't it? The the company goal and the, and the Stones goal being shown in unison, if you like, which is is quite clever. We cannot possibly rain on John Stones' parade, guys. That was it was an absolute cracker, and. Uh, it's quite funny there, uh, uh, Burn, because um, you know Don Grant. One of the reasons he became first became well known was he designed that city T-shirt with the uh, "Don't shoot, Vinny, don't shoot." You know uh, that one. Yeah. I got that one myself actually. Um, I think he's going to have to do another one here. <laughs> don't don't shoot, Johnny. Don't shoot. But it was a it was a cracker. And I'm, I have, have you guys ever seen John Stones do anything like that before? I don't think I've ever seen him have a shot. <laughs> from that distance, uh, I, you know, he's had a few edits and, and some some stuff in the box, but not from that range. But I think being playing up right back allowed him to to get forward as well. I think if he played centre back, he he wouldn't have been there. So you know, uh, it's just one of those lucky things. It's uh, it was lucky to be there. Uh, it was a obviously a decent shot. I think I still think it was lucky to go in. Uh, as Bernard said, um, the goalie could have done uh, a little bit more to prevent that going in but you know hey look whatever the reason that it went in we've got to take that and i we actually suddenly if a a, a switch had been uh, flicked with the three substitutions it, now the dimmer had been turned to full you know that dimmer switch it was on full blast because after that dortmund didn't really know what hit them they were wobbling uh, i think they lost a lot of composure and belief uh, and, and City started swarming. And it, I, I thought it's only a matter of time. It reminded me of that, that Villa game. It was only a matter of time before we scored again. Only a matter of time, but it was only a matter of like four minutes uh, before we got this uh, this incredible goal, uh, Bernard. And uh, it, it, it's, it was absolutely... First of all, I mean, the, the pass from Cancelo was like something... That's becoming a habit. I think he's, you know, like... Cricketers used to polish the uh, the ball uh, in the run up. He's polished the outside of that boot uh, because he's, uh, you know, I think we had um, we had Simon Curtis uh, on Twitter earlier saying something about that. But actually, for me, I think he's making a habit of doing that. I think you know, there's these Hollywood passes. Uh, they're Cancelo's speciality. But who was to who was to guess what was going to be on the end of that pass? What did you think, Bernard? Well, it's it's Cancelo's party piece now, isn't it, mate? But I'll be I'll be honest with you, it frustrates me with it sometimes because it doesn't always come off. But when it does come off, hey, wonderful! He, he out he outdone KDB last night. He certainly struggled all game, even with corners. KDB was pretty awful last night. But upset Cancelo to produce that. Uh, 
absolutely stunning uh, between the two guys, and and yeah, the sort of thing that we expect Alan to get his head on. He does. We've done it. We've said it many times, haven't we? The spectacular. That's what he's good at. He was denied one, wasn't he, in the second half by Hummels? Denied him a similar sort of thing where he was uh, sliding through. But that, I mean, it was just. And to be honest with you, I mean, in this day and age, I'm surprised the the referee didn't uh, uh, chalk it off for for, for dangerous play because you know it wasn't that far away from the defender's head uh, and in this day and age I'm just so glad it, it wasn't uh, choked off for dangerous play because it wasn't it was going for the ball but you don't know the year and being City fans we always expect the worst but stunning and again the goalkeeper I didn't have much time to react I mean it's a bit to say he could have perhaps done better but again it was over him uh, a bit better reflexes perhaps you know old grobbler style where he used to react or Schmeichel even, who used to be very quick at reacting, didn't he, for, for things like that. But uh, brilliant, absolutely stunning. Johan Cruyff, was it, that um, yeah. compared, I remember seeing that goal originally, never mind now replayed on, on Twitter. I, used to, I remember watching that in, in sort of real life or at the time. So, yeah, superb, absolutely brilliant. That's what he did, bugger all. He did bugger all for 18, you know, 89 of the 90 minutes, but it doesn't matter, does it? That's what he's, that's what he's there for, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, look, I mean, that, that that can chill a pass. Here's the thing. All the ones that don't succeed, you won't see them on the highlights reel. You will just see the one that succeeded. And people think Cancelo does it all the time uh, and, and gets them right all the time. He, he tends, like most of them, the crosses that came in last night, they were pretty poor. Uh, KDB at the corners, Mares' crosses, Grealish, whoever was putting them in, you know, they were really, really poor. Very, very disappointing that after so many years of having so many corners, we still can't, you know, and, and crosses still can't get get these right. And I, I, I you know, I, I look at it. I was, I was saying last night after the game, you look at teams like Liverpool. Just use them as an example. Matip in the box with that header. Matip's getting his head to the ball. You got Van Dijk getting his head to the ball. We've got top def, uh, defenders, and uh, obviously now we've got Haaland. We should be doing so much better at corners. They should be. Well, I think, though, I think we have been doing. I think I think that was a bit of a throwback to, to a couple of seasons ago. I think they've been much improved. And I think KDB, I think it's just, for some reason, we just weren't doing it last night. And yet we have been very good at these yeah. corners to the back where someone has a volley from the edge of the box and stuff like this. But it seems to be perhaps a guy sick who does the... Uh, does the uh, set piece things? I'm not too sure, but yeah, we were all, we were awful last night, but we have been better recently. I yeah, think. Yeah. I think we put a, a few crosses in for Haaland where they were just too far ahead of him. Um, but I saw that one when that went through, and Haaland he, he leapt, and it's like hang time. He was just hanging in the air like a basketball player, but with his leg outstretched. And I just thought he's going to score, you know. And I, every time he does something like that, you think. I can't believe it, but you know it's going to happen, and you—you just—you're uh, stunned into uh, you know silence and, and then elation. But it's disbelief that you—you you just can't believe that he's got these such telescopic legs. He's got such reach. He's got such control and such uh, a deft touch. At the end of you know this massive leap and stretch, he manages to um, caress the ball or, or get the contact right. To get it on, not only on target, but well mm -hmm. past the keeper. I think the keeper, first of all, didn't expect Haaland to get there. No. And secondly, you know, by, by the time he realized he was going to get there, it's too late. The ball's already connected. He's already had the connection. The ball's going past him. It was just a superb goal. 
you know, not to take too much gloss off it, but we can't keep doing this. We can't keep expecting Haaland. You know, that's 13 and 8, I think. Uh, we can't keep expecting him to, to save us with wonder goals. I mean, you know, you look at last night's game. We were, we we relied on Stones as uh, Stone, a stone stunner and Haaland's wonder goal. Mm. And that was the difference between the sides. And look, there will come a point where you won't get that uh, stone stunner. You won't get that Haaland piece of magic. Um, and you'll end up losing the game 1-0 and you, you might you know be out of the, the Champions League. So, you know, we've got to have a little bit more intensity, a little more energy. And I keep saying, start with your best team. Now, look, last night Pep didn't start with his best team. Maybe he's got one eye on, on the weekend because on Saturday we're playing against uh, Wolves in uh, lunchtime. So yeah. maybe he's got an eye on that and he wants to keep Bernardo back. Yeah. He wants to keep Foden Definitely. Back. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I said the, the Wolves game for me was this priority based on what I saw last night. He was more worried about going to the international break, winning that, which we have to do. And he, and he took the chance against Dortmund. Unfortunately, at the end, it, it worked, as you said, due to a couple of moments of magic. Yeah, but it's the kind of game we would have lost uh, before, wasn't it? But it's just ridiculous, Holland. I mean, his foot was like level with his head. I mean, that <laughs> that was kind of like for the, for the younger uh, listeners that haven't maybe seen the the Johan Cruyff uh, goal. It's very Zlatan esque. I thought it was just elastic. Um, well, just... As well, in the uh, post match press conference, and since yeah. Zlatan was that sort of thing as well. Um, I think he did say something positive about Zlatan, but I think that was tongue in cheek. <laughs> yes, it was. He, he said, "My special friend uh, Ibrahimovic." Um, there was the joke there. Um, Bernard, what was what was Pep doing, messing around with the referee? Oh, I have no idea. It was a great image of it. Uh, what was he angry? I can't, does it? Does, do you know what he's angry about, Ray? I can't. I can't understand what, what the it. problem I just was. Was in the ref brandishing a yellow card? Uh, I know he's dreaming. I know Pep was going mad at him, but I don't understand what he was going mad at him about. I must have missed something. Obviously, <laughs> Pep's that kind of odd bloke who you know we won the game we jammed it a little bit and he's still not happy he still has to find a reason to to shout you know we won the that FA Cup final uh, against Watford was it 6-0 and he still finds things that we can he wants to us to improve on so he's always got that in him and you know if maybe that's what obviously drives him forward and keeps him at the top maybe uh, any of us would have said, just been glad with the win and, and celebrated it but he still he still wants to fight so um i don't know what it was about and i, I didn't see the full post match press conference to see what it was about but yeah. uh, i'm not going to worry about it yeah he's a bit mental pep i mean when he's not doing that he's giving pep talks to opposition players after we've lost to them and things like that or 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 or, or items of the same nature but um all right guys I mean, there's not that much more to talk about in this particular game but uh we could talk about a few things that have been happening uh, around we could start off with um, any other interesting results uh, bernard that um that you noticed or were they all kind of pretty predictable well, I mean, Napoli doing okay. I noticed that. That was the only thing that I really noticed. But uh, say it was nice, nice for. I was a bit disappointed actually. I hadn't seen how Liverpool had got on. I knew it was one-one at one stage, and then I sort of, I'd fell asleep or whatever. Obviously, being away, and I was a bit disappointed they'd won that. That was that would have been nice for at least Diax to get a draw there. But uh, yeah, I think more or less, as I say, the Barcelona 
Bayern Munich game. I didn't watch that, but it was, it was, I believe it was okay. It wasn't spectacular and perhaps uh, it could have gone the other way at one stage, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything I went wow, wow about, you know, uh, Copenhagen got, did he draw, did he draw yeah. in the other game? Yeah. I think one interesting one was uh, Juventus losing at home to Benfica. Ah, oh, right, yeah, I missed, yeah, missed that one, yeah. Uh, Chelsea join at home to uh, Red <laughs> Mr. Potter, Mr. Potter in charge. So he didn't didn't get off to a flying start. Anyone his broomstick? Did he? That's for sure. Uh, a couple of others. You you had Club Bruges spanking Porto four nil in Portugal, uh, and Spurs losing two nil uh, against Sporting Lisbon, which I think uh, was a bit of a surprise. And two goals in injury time um, to put them under a little bit of pressure. I think they'll still qualify from that group because. They've got Marseille and Eintracht Frankfurt. And I just can't see Spurs not picking up another couple of wins uh, and getting through. So uh, I think that's going to be... Uh, I think more importantly for us, after with Copenhagen to come twice now, we've pretty much put it to bed, haven't we? We should be able to get two comfortable victories against those guys and um, we can uh, sort of chillax before the uh, World Cup kicks off. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. We're not just the World Cup, but... The last two two games, last two group games, that obviously we hopefully by then we can just focus on the league, and you know we need to be I think put the hammer down um, after the international break uh, and obviously against Wolves this this weekend uh, and just we just got to be winning games. We've got some you know we'll talk about it later. Some big games coming up, so we just got to keep winning. Let's talk about uh, Wolves for a bit. This is the next one, uh, Bird. What do you make of them and how they've started? <laughs> well, I've just oh, been doing like a little, yeah. I've been doing a little preview today. In interesting. It's not. It's not as bad as it looks. I don't think. I know they sat fourteenth, and they've only, you know, obviously not doing that great. They've drawn three, haven't they? They've won one, drawn three, and lost two, or something like that. Uh, they have. They have problems up front, but the scary thing is, obviously, they've got that idiot Costa back. But I don't. I'm not sure he'll be fit for this one. He's only been there for a couple of training sessions. He's not played since January. Although he's, you know, we've we've sort of handled him, haven't we? The last few times we played him, I don't think that's a even even Mangala could cope with him, couldn't he? So we'll be all right. But the interesting one for me is obviously Tri Triore is is back in the fold, isn't he? He's not played in the Premier League yet for him, and that's what scares me to death because we know he's our nemesis, and I, I do worry because they are playing all right. They're okay. They're not defensively. They're playing very well. They're playing very well. Uh, the, the midfield. They have the same three players, Portuguese players in midfield all the time. And I think even though they're 14th, I think they're actually far better than the position is at the moment. I think Lays has got them play. We'll, we'll get them playing and going up that league uh, a bit better, you know, a bit better than they finished off last season. So I, I do worry about it. But it should be with our best team, which I'm sure Pep will play uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, I, th I think we'll be okay. But uh, Traore is always always a worry for me because he tore us apart last year. Didn't I know we beat him, we beat him easily at, at their place at Molyneux in back in May. But uh, yeah, we, he, he's a bit worrying. <laughs> Not the kind of team Ray that you want to go one or two nil down against, though. No, I mean, I, I don't think they're as good defensively as, he, uh, as they were under Nuno Espirito Santos in, in his early days. But they generally, they work hard uh, and they'll give us a tough, tough all time. Uh, you know, I, I don't care how we do it. Just want that those three points. 
going in into the. If we, did what we, if we did what we did last season, just yeah. straight out of the block, so we haven't been doing in every game this season, uh, we'll be okay. But if we start sluggishly and give forty-five minutes without making any attempt, which we've done four or five times so far this season, we're going we're to struggle. We've just got to come out firing, uh, and that we like as we do in every game, but we don't always seem to do it for some reason. I think at least Foden will start on Saturday, so yeah. I think Foden will start. I think I, the three. I think the three that finished uh, this game. I wouldn't mind Alvarez starting either, just for you know, drop Grealish and Mahrez, Harlan Folder and Alvarez up front. The the three that finished the game against Dortmund. Who do you have in midfield? You can only have one of Bernardo and uh, Gundogan. Well, yeah, I'd drop Gundo. I'd just play Bernardo, KDB, and Rodri. I, I can't see Pep going for Alvarez if if you're gonna. No, I, I think he'll go for either Mares on that side as well or whatever. I, yeah, I agree. With, I agree with. I just hope he's got a bit, a bit of nerve to do it because I think we'd, we'd love his pace against Wolves. Yeah, absolutely. I think Foden's a definite starter on the left. I can't or definite starter. I mean, he might go Grealish on the left, Foden on the right, but um, yeah. Foden for me is a definite starter. I'd be interested to see what we do in defence. Whether Diaz comes back in because he was on the bench. No, I think you can just drop down. I think Diaz and um, I think Diaz and, and Aki. I think Stones will play right back again, and Cancelo over on the left. I think he'll. I think he'll drop a Kanji just for this one and bring Diaz back. Yeah, well, I think it's, uh, the right call. And and when Walker's fit, does Stones go back into mid uh, into centre back? I hear Laporte's training again. Uh, I don't know what level of training. They're still saying they're still saying for the derby, aren't they? He could be ready for that. So obviously, I, mean, I, 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 I think I, I, I called it. Early end of September, early October at the earliest for me. Yeah. Same with Walk. I think Walk is the same, isn't he? He's back for the derby time as well. We'll we'll see. Mm -hmm. What else are we going to talk about, guys? Are are we done, or uh, are there no, other things? Are the fixtures coming up? You know, yeah. after the international break, because you know we got some um, tough fixtures. Uh, I think and some good ones. Obviously, we got the derby on the second of October. Followed by the home game against um, Copenhagen, um, and then home against Southampton. I mean, actually, it's nice to have those three home games back to back. Uh, and then we got the Copenhagen away game, and I think that's the game that we will rest some players um, because we got Liverpool on the Sunday. Even though with this five days break, I think Pep will rest a few players, uh, um, and that Liverpool obviously is a, just a huge, huge game. Following that, there's a lot of games in October. The game against Arsenal has been postponed um, on the Wednesday, the 19th. I suspect, um, I don't know if, what the reason, um, is that because of the Arsenal's postponed Europa League game? Yeah, the P is it PSV game or something yeah, that yeah. was postponed, yeah. yeah. And then we got, obviously, Brighton at home, Dortmund away and Leicester away. So I think as fixture lists go, it's, it's a pretty decent one. It is that obviously that Liverpool games are toughy. Um, yeah, with Arsenal taken out of it, it makes it look a little bit easier than it did with Arsenal in it. And then you then you finish off in um, November. There's only four games. Uh, we got Sevilla at home in the Champions League, Fulham in the league. We got Chelsea in the League Cup and uh, Brentford in the league. So you know, we've, I, got, I, we've got to be aiming to be top of the league, three, four, five. Points clear. If we're not, well, it'll be, be a bit disappointing. It'd be very disappointing if we're not. Uh, uh, I mean, you'd expect you'd be hoping to beat United, and most of those games should be, uh, you, you know, not, like you say, Ben and Arsenal are out of it. That game, you, you know, you'd be looking to win almost every game. You know, without, as I always say, without being arrogant and presumptuous and 
feeling that sense of entitlement. You look at the fixtures, you know, a lot of home games, um, the way we are attacking, the way hopefully our other defenders will come back. We we might even start October with a full complement uh, of players. We might have a full squad, uh, which will be a, uh, a first for ages, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, without meaning to be too disrespectful, I thought we were going to get the chance to rest players against United, but um, <laughs> yeah, Bernard, they're, they're a little bit of a different proposition than we thought they were going to be, especially with that, you know, that star five foot nine inch central defender. And um, you know, I've not, I've not watched them. I can only assume they've improved. I don't. I have no props raised watching them a bit more than me. I don't, I don't. I don't even watch the highlights on Match of the Day most of the time. I just can't face it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they're getting all. As Ray said, we talked off air about roads. You know, there's, there's plenty of United shirts knocking about. I noticed again after a, a quiet few years, and it, it's just what it is, isn't it? It's. Uh, but you know, we 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 put them to bed last season. We got rid of that bit of a hoodoo they had over us. I'm sure I'm sure we'll do it again. Now, guys, for the benefit of my listeners, I am going to ask Bernard a question. Uh, a, a, a question that I have never asked anyone before and I don't think I'm ever going to ask again. So here it goes. Bernard, what are you wearing? <laughs> oh, I have a lovely uh, Don, Don Grant stroke bolt from the blue uh, uh, T-shirt. A snug a snug fit, I shall say. Uh, I'll be kind is, to myself. Bernard, is that FB size? <laughs> Bolt from the blue, the Iceman cometh, and he certainly does. He's cometh and he's staying around, isn't he? Let's be honest about it. And I do have a nice mug as well somewhere. Um, so I've got a mug. Oh, it's up there on the hanging up on the on the side. It's a better site than last week when you were in the, in your um, uh, Cuban. Hey, I put a shirt on. You should have seen where yeah. I didn't have the shirt on. Yeah, well, I was going to say you had a, a, a pretty much well open collar shirt all the way down to. <laughs> I don't know where it ended, um, but I was, that was uh, a sight for sore eyes, that. Ray, did you not get your boat from the blue T-shirt? I've got, got it downstairs. Um, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm not put it on. He's already flogged it on eBay. He's already got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I will, um, I will uh, probably uh, wear it. Uh, when you're over, Mike, when you're over back in Blighty, <laughs> the blue. We'll, we'll, we'll be there. We'll take a picture outside. Etty had the three of us. All right. Well, guys, we actually, shave, but we have to shave your head first, Mike, because otherwise you'll look out of place. Yeah, you got too I much know. air there, Mike. Too much air. I know. I know. All right, guys. Well, I think that'll do it, uh, won't it? Uh, for this one, we'll yeah. be back with you again after Wolves. So let's finish off in the normal way by saying, as always, have one on us and finish but, it up. Well, up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues. Thanks a lot, guys.